The Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation preserves, protects, and enhances the future of the Rose Bowl Stadium as a national historic landmark. America's Stadium has hosted two Olympic Games, with a third one coming in 2028, two World Cup Finals, five Super Bowls, and the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl since 1923. It is the epic center of college football and is the most iconic stadium in the world. To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire, which spells inspire2022.org. Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello! Trojan fans, welcome to the Bearstyle Podcast on a Thursday. We got some breaking news we got to talk about here on the podcast. USC will have Clay Helton as the head coach in 2020, as announced on Twitter by new USC Athletic Director Mike Bone. Very strong reaction, uh, to say the least, from the USC fan base. We got a lot of questions that come in. Calls, uh, emails, text messages. People are upset, and we're going to try to be a, have a therapeutic session for all of you out there. So I'm with Coach Harvey Hyde. He will do our best. We will do our best to answer all of your questions, comments, concerns here on the podcast. You guys sent a lot of those in. If you do want to send something more in, you can do that. Podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address, or you could call or text us, 424-254-9141. Please keep your voicemails brief. I'm talking to you, Don, from Chicago, over two minutes. We had, I think I had 18 voicemails, and I'd already checked them. So just from today or yesterday and today, um, crazy amount. I can't listen to all these. Curtis Marino Valley, we love you. You can't fi- send us six voicemails. I can't listen to them all. So keep them tight. Give us a precise, you know, what you want to say. Keep it under a minute, and we'll do our best to play them. We have uh, four or five of them we're going to play today with Coach Harvey Hyde. And speaking of, let's bring him in. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde, or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com. What's up, Coach? How are you? Well, good morning to everyone. We're a little bit later in the week, but Ryan, you wanted me to wait for a podcast so we'd have an answer possibly on what's going to be happening at USC, and now we do have an answer. And rather than me just start talking about everything, I think it's better to take the questions of uh, our listeners, and if there's something I can go into along the way or at the end have a summary on my thoughts, let's do that, okay? Yeah. Let's do that. Um, and so we we have to talk about the you know Mike Bone announcement yesterday came over Twitter. Um, he went on Pac-12 Network. There was a couple of reporters that were already on campus that he gave a few quotes to. And uh, Clay Helton released a statement. We tweeted all that kind of stuff out for you. Uh, very interesting, um, interesting day for USC football. The the fans were pretty upset. Uh, I guess you could say, Coach. I mean, is that? I guess that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, I want to read a few text messages we got because this is sort of a, give you a sense of the outrage that people are are, are feeling. Um, this one says, I'm effing done with USC football program. Time to watch Alabama, LSU, and Penn State. I'll come back once Clay's fired. Hashtag fire Helton. Hashtag boy, boycott USC football. Um, 
we got Big Rick who texted in, your team has done an amazing job covering this team, and it's disappointing. This will affect your bottom line with loyal fans giving up on the program as the administration has sadly failed us all. My lifetime contributions to the USC football team is approaching seven figures. I do not regret my investment as it has yielded amazing memories with family and friends supporting great young men. But as of today, I will not be spending another dime. Goodbye and good luck to you all. Fight on forever. That's Big Rick. We got a series of text messages. Um, some This first one came in the morning. I will not go to another game if Helton remains. Uh, would not, and he said, I would never have dreamed USC would give up its football program if it keeps Helton. Um, then later on, what, after the announcement, he's like, I'm done with USC. Hope to see lots of empty seats next year. Um, and then he said, get rid of bone fast, USC. Uh, and yeah, that was how he kind of, he sent a series of text messages. Another one from Casey in Apple Valley. Sad, sad day. No more fighting on. Time to take a step back and realize what's important. Happy holidays anyway. And the last text was uh, done. Been listening to your podcast for eight years. Hayden, Swan, Helton, joke. Um, so not happy USC fans out there, Coach. I don't know. What, what can you say to them? Well, I think the best way and the way you explain this situation, I've always said this, if, if people have been listening to us over the last 10, 12 years or whatever, Ryan, I say it always starts at the top. Uh, it's not Clay Helton's fault or any of the assistant coaches or anybody. It's the administration, the people that that hire people. I mean, Coach Clay Helton is a wonderful person and so on, and uh, he had an opportunity of a lifetime to get the job at USC, and he's living a dream. And people have put him in that position. So you've got to go and see why the program is at its current state. First of all, it starts with the, the Board of Regents, trustees, and so on. It starts with them. And I don't know if they get along or not, okay? They, they sometimes uh, argue among themselves and forget who's making the decision. And I think when they went through the hiring of the new president, they should have made it very clear and very important to whoever it was going to be that the football program at USC is the foundation of our university. Academics are, too but the foundation for us all gathering together on Saturdays and all of the above. Obviously, I don't think that happened or they wouldn't have hired the current president because it all starts with the top. No matter who your coach is, it starts with the philosophy of the trustees and regents so, and the president. So I'm not sure if those trustees and regents explain to the president the importance of this. Because she basically, obviously, he's either wasn't listening or doesn't care. And that's, uh, to me, uh, if they told her, then that's, that's not right. I'll put it that way. Yeah. The athletic director certainly should follow the direction of the president. And uh, the president, if that president was understanding the message of the trustees, then she would instruct him exactly what direction we're going and why. And if it costs us a lot of money to do this, that's fine. But we'll get it back shortly, just in the difference of television revenue, times of games our televisions are on, times of games our games are on so people can come, season tickets and all the above. So now we hear all these thoughts about the boosters, not going to do this, not going to do that. And it affects everything, Ryan. It affects the morale of the university, season ticket holders, columnists, smart talk radio, 
everybody here is everybody bagging on what their decision is. Now, that cannot be positive for the university. No. So, so Ryan, you and I both know that what's going around right now, I haven't heard really many positive columns or comments or anything else from anyone. So who does it start with? Does it start with the coaches? It starts with the administration, from the regions and trustees to the president to the athletic director. Nothing has changed. It's exactly the same situation as it was a year ago. Yeah, and that's the problem. Fans want change. I mean, do you remember the, the Lynn Swan statement from last year? Um, crazy. And then this is the statement from Mike Bone. Uh, he said, heading into 2020, Coach Helton and I, oh, I'm sorry. He said, I'm pleased to let you know that Coach Helton will continue to be our head coach. His commitment to our student-athletes and to leading with integrity is vital to restoring our championship program, which is the goal for all our teams. Heading into 2020, Coach Helton and I will work together to take a hard look at all aspects of the football enterprise and we'll make the tough decisions necessary to compete at a championship level, which is pretty much what you heard last year from Lynn Swan. So I don't know how you do that two years in a row. And then the, the Clay Helton um, statement was, I appreciate the support from President Fult and Athletic Director Mike Bone. It is abundantly clear that we now have the support, resources, and tools to build a championship team. Um, you didn't have them before? I, I, I don't get that. Uh, we, we know the expectations of our fans are high, as they should be. Those are the same expectations I have for myself and our staff and team have as well. Our future is bright. We have a young team on the verge of doing something special. We have seen what this team can do. Having the season uh, we have... Had despite having the season we have had, despite going through adversity and injuries, we are heading in a to a great bowl, and we plan to finish the season strong. And we are putting the finishing touches on an outstanding recruiting class. I believe in our team and our fan base. Uh, I know we will all come together to succeed. I'm excited about the future of our team and our university. Holy crap, coach! I mean. To say a great bowl, I don't think the Holiday Bowl is considered a great bowl by USC fans or the Alamo Bowl. Um, putting finishing touch, final touches on an outstanding recruiting class is just a flat-out lie. There's no way you can consider this an outstanding recruiting class. Um, I, to me, Coach, it's almost worse when you hear the statements afterwards. Well, um, yes. Uh, maybe it's an outstanding recruiting class at Idaho or... <laughs> San Diego State or maybe Colorado, I'm not sure. And at Cincinnati, they got lucky, got a good coach and allowed him to coach. But if you have to help your head football coach put his football program together and work with him, you hired the wrong guy. What I mean is you hire a football coach and you allow him to bring what he's good at doing. You back away from him and give him financial support and direction as far as when he asks for things, you let him do it. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this as saying, you know, I, I loved when they hired him and what he said and his enthusiasm and so on. But as I listen to him talk, he sounds like a politician now. And I don't like that. I like honesty. I like honesty all along the way because I start to wonder about people that pat you on the back and then you don't know what's going on behind you. So I haven't met him. I don't know him. He might have been put in a very difficult situation. Maybe he didn't have anything to say about it. I don't know. Maybe it's a financial situation where the athlete department financially is in terrible shape. I know they're paying off a lot of people. And what are the costs to turn it around? But in the long run, in the long run, 
They should have given the athletic department a loan and allowed them to get started on a new era. Yeah. Agree with you there, Coach. Um, well, why don't we start with a voicemail? Here we go. Hey, Ryan. Frank, out of Irvine, class of 2004. How did it come to this? You know, I've been emailing your show, and I have very low confidence in President Fold and Mike Bond. And sure enough, it comes to fruition. We keep Clay Helen. Very hard to stay invested in the program when it doesn't seem like, you know, the president or our AD is very invested. I don't know how it came to this. Really don't want to know, to be honest with you. I'm pretty much checked out. Almost embarrassed to tell my kids I went to USC. It's just, it's sad because I know one day we'll be great again. It may not be tomorrow, but it will probably be 10, 15 years from now. Uh, it's just really, really sad that this is where we're at today. Appreciate everything you guys do. Really love the program. I'll always keep subscribing and fighting on. I just won't be bragging about it. That's all. Take care, guys. Well, I think that's something that everybody loved, going to the Coliseum on Saturday and watching someone come in there and get trampled. That's part of the pride and the tradition of the USC football program. And uh, it's something that young people grew up to as far as wanting to be a Trojan, as far as an athlete and wanting to go to USC, and currently it's opposite. So that tells you really a little bit of the situation regarding the athletes. So that should demonstrate right there the state of the program. And I, as I said last week and the week before, you don't evaluate a program and it's on its record. You look at everything that's happening within the program, from every side of the program, academics, uh, uh, pro players, maturity of players, recruiting, uh, you look at uh, the USC roster, and I, I talk to a lot of pro scouts, okay? And and I don't, I don't want to say anything about what this year's draft choice was going to be, but just look in the press box at the USC-UCLA game, and as I remember, there was one NFL scout there. Now, why? In a big game like this, there used to be 10 because of the number of athletes possibly that they're thinking about drafting. I know there's a lot of young players. Don't get me wrong. But you'd think there'd be more scouts there because of the importance and the rosters and the tradition of the program. They're at other universities, other press boxes, scouting players. There's so many different things outside of the record you have to evaluate. Morale, ticket sales, the whole thing, recruiting, uh, I, I mean, there's so many things I know about it I can't talk about on this podcast, but there's a lot of ways of evaluating a football program. And it's not my job, really, to evaluate them. I've been around. You know whose job it is? The university's job. The athletic who make, director who makes, I don't know what they pay, Mike Bone, $2 million, or Lynn Swan, $2.5 million, or the president. I have no idea what they pay them. But I think it's their job to evaluate their university and what's going on and for us to go along and listen to them and trust them. And right now, what's happened, everybody has lost their trust. And I think when you lose the trust in a program, then you get depressed and you start doing the things that a lot of our callers are talking about. Yeah, I agree with you there. Losing the trust is a is a real issue. And they felt like, 
you know, 10 years of poor leadership could have been fixed with uh, Mike Bone coming in and, and a real athletic director. But the first big decision and likely, like we said, the biggest decision he'll probably make for his entire USC athletic director career uh, just seems like for the fans, it fell on deaf ears and they, they were not being listened to. We got another text. Um, Trojans, please let us know what Mr. Bone is doing regarding the head coach position. I'm in Southwest Florida and an SC alum. This is a decision that will affect USC football for a number of years. Fight on the victory. I think it was sort of a joke where he was saying, um, hey, just let me know what's going on. This was on everyone's you know, social media account. This was uh, everyone was on uscfootball.com message boards. The peristyle was just crazy. Like everyone was just waiting, 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 coach. And then it comes to this. And I, I, I just never seen. We did a poll on the peristyle where over, uh, I mean, I, it was, yeah, almost 96% of all of the, the subscribers at uscfootball.com that were polled, and over 3,000 people voted, uh, almost 96% of them said they didn't want Clay Helton back. You just don't normally get that kind of unity uh, and, and, you know, from a fan base. They're usually there's some kind of divide. There was no divide here, Coach, and that's why some of the fans are so upset because they feel like their voices haven't been heard. You're right, and I tell you what, too, uh, Ryan and all of our listeners, they put this off for a long period of time, and what it did, it create more anticipation of what's going on. Went on and on and on, so people had an opportunity to think more and more about it and talk more and more about it and think about the coaches who were possibly uh, interested or who they were contacting. And then all of a sudden they come up, about what, 10, 12, 13 days before the national letter of intent, and they rehire or keep the same coach that they had. They could have done this right after the UCLA game. Got it done. If they're going to make coaching, make coaching changes or whatever they say they're going to do, they could have started the process. Who is going to coach the bowl game? Who? What coaches are going to coach the bowl game? And what coaches are going to coach 100% because they're not sure if they're back or not? I mean, are they going to have 15 days of a physical type of practice? Or what type of practice are they going to have as far as getting ready for Alabama? I mean, these are all of the things you got to talk about. Right now, they announce uh, uh, now that Clay Helton is coming back. Okay, but if it's such a sure thing in your minds, why didn't you do it two weeks ago? So they can start the process. I don't understand the whole thing. It's almost like no one knows what they're doing. Yeah, it's uh, there's so many obvious decisions that could have been made over the years. And it's like, okay, that's, obviously USC should do this. And they don't. They do like the opposite of it. And it's baffling. There's, a, there's an obvious thing to do. You can't, you, you can't do this two years in a row. It's really going to be three years in a row now of just having a lame duck coach. It's, just, it's baffling to me. Um, this is Jeff Wu, class of 94. He says, thank you, USC. I came to the realization that something so important to me, something I plan my life around, something that causes me heartbreak and joy and everything in between, USC football, which rules my world, has absolutely zero impact on my life, whether they win or lose. I was, at, I was a USC walk-on and was thus invited to the Trojan Football Alumni Club onto the field for our Friday night game with Utah. I decided to go straight to the game from work since I, since it started at 6 p.m. I drove my work vehicle to the game because I was at a project in downtown L.A. that made more sense than fighting traffic home. 
while tra- while fighting traffic to the Coliseum, a motorist called how called my quote how am I driving sticker to complain about my driving. A long story short, I was just terminated from my job two weeks ago because I made the bad decision to drive my work vehicle to the USC Utah game that Friday night. Choosing USC football has cost me insane amounts of stress, cost me my job, and most importantly, cost me time with my kids. All for something that has zero effect on my life. Thank you, administration, for helping me see that if you don't care about USC football, then why should I? I'll still root for USC, but no more wasting entire Saturdays and sometimes entire weekends attending games and watching recruiting and reading about endless USC scandals. Thank you for allowing me to spend more time with my family and hopefully moving on to a better job. By the way, if any fellow Trojans need a good project manager, please hit me up. Jeff Wu, class of 94. Holy oh, cow, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, I don't think I've ever had a, uh, anybody text in and say that. Uh, damn it, you should have pulled that telephone number off the back before you went. I'm just looking at ways to cover it up, but I understand what you did. And to be fired for that, I don't know. If you're doing a great job, uh, you know, sometimes uh, people understand that, bosses. But, uh, you know, I want to wish you the best of luck in getting a job. And just like coaches, when you lose your job, good things always happen to you. It happens for a reason. So keep your head up. Get on through it. Remember, there's a lot of coaches that are losing their jobs now and so on. But you got to reorganize your life and everything's going to be okay. I think that's the best thing to say. And as far as you being a Trojan and a walk-on, you've got years of your life invested in USC. So just kick back and watch it. We'll see what happens. And as we've been saying, Ryan, it's going to affect USC in many ways. How many sweatshirts are they going to sell? How many hats are they going to sell? What's the attendance going to be? I mean, all of the above. Last year, the salute to Troy wasn't what it used to be. Everything is losing the importance of it because of lack of numbers. Now, again, this same type of action will, again, cause a lot of, what do you want to say, exit from the USC football program and maybe even the university. Yeah. Jeff, I, it's a, I'm so sorry to hear about you losing your job because of USC football. The fact that Jeff is unemployed and Clay Helton still is employed, I, that just doesn't seem like it's fair. Um, but thank you for the email. Hopefully this was therapeutic for you. Let's go to a voicemail, Coach. Hi, Ryan. This is Arthur in the OC. I just left a message for Mike Bone after getting the sickening news that they are going to actually bring back Clay Helton for a fifth season. I can't tell you how disgusted I am about this. Um, I, my question for anyone at the Peristyle is this. What happened to all of our hotshot donors who were going to buy out Helton's contract and bring in Urban Meyer? Where are all these big money guys that we heard about? I mean, Casey Wasserman reached into his checkbook and wrote a check for Chip Kelly. Where are our guys? What a bunch of frauds. And I'm going to tell you, it's like, and I left a message for Bone, I've got two more payments to make on my Cardinal and Gold, one for the Coliseum renovation and next year's Cardinal and Gold, but I do not have to buy seats, and after that, not another penny to USC, ever. 23-year member of the Cardinal and Gold, class of 1977. If they don't care, I don't care. I am done. Thanks, Ryan and the other people at at, at your at, at at your company for doing such a good job. Bye. Woo. 
Well, I, you know, I can understand his feelings. I, I really can. And if I'm a Mike Bowen, I certainly don't want to make many public appearances right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, really, I'd really like to know what he's thinking. I'd really like to know if he really believes he did the right thing. I really do. Uh, did he really do the right thing for the university? Did he really do the right thing for coming into USC to straighten out the athletic department in whole? Football, of course, the most visual of all of them. So I really wonder how he really feels. Do you think he feels really secure walking around campus or going to a restaurant and eating and people looking at him on campus and this and that, does he really feel like he smiles and says, hi, how you doing without some guy giving him the, you know what? I really don't know. Did he, did he really in its inner soul feel he did the right thing? Because if he did, he shouldn't be at USC and same with the president, but it's not what USC is all about. They want the best in every department, every department, no matter what department it is. And it's just not what people are satisfied with. And again, I want everybody to know that it's not Coach Clay Helton. It's the people that are at the top. Like he mentioned, the big money guys. Well, were they invited to get involved? Were they invited to be a part of it? Were they invited to tell the president what was important to them and whatever they could do to the trustees, they want to do that? Or were they told, stay out of it? You really don't know. But again, uh, I think there's a lot of things that... Uh, aren't uh, really uh, say this has been put, you know, the three little pig story when you don't know what you're doing. The first little pig did the straw house. It blew down. The next one did the wood house it blew down, but the little pig to build it with a foundation, they all went and lived with him because they did it right. Well, to me, this is sort of like the straw house. Okay. It just didn't, it's not going to be everlasting. You've lost a lot of loyalty and you've lost a lot of trust. There, Yeah, a lot of trust is lost there. Um, this is Paul from Gator Country. Uh, hello, crew. Sad news about Clay Hilton being retained. Very disappointing. Uh, I would go on why they shouldn't have, but you know you know all the reasons why. I have two questions. If Graham Harrell leaves, do you think Keaton Slovis would follow him? Also, do you think Mike Bone and Carol Fult had any idea how unpopular a decision it was to keep Clay Hilton? Uh, Paul from Gator Country. And real quick, yeah, so there's uh, we reported... There's been reports out there. Graham Harrell interviewed at UNLV and UTSA for the head coaching jobs. He's also uh, apparently interviewed at Texas for the open offensive coordinator position. So USC might lose probably their most productive assistant uh, in Graham Harrell. Um, I yeah, I don't picture Keaton Slovis following him, but Graham Harrell does love Keaton Slovis. I think if if Graham Harrell stays, a lot of the reason will be because of Keaton Slovis. But any thoughts on that, Coach uh, Graham Harrell leaving or? if Mike Bone and Carol Fult knew how unpopular this decision would be? Well, normally my thought of USC football program is you don't want any assistants that can't get head football coaching jobs. When you have a job like USC, you go after the quality of person like Graham Harrell or whoever it might be that in a year or two, you don't expect him to be there because you're going to win enough football games and he's going to be a good enough coach and a great recruiter that he's going to get offers to move on. Look at Alabama. Look at all those people. They have nine players on their team that's supposed to go in the first round next year, this year. Well, obviously that's because players want to go there. They have recruiters and they've moved on 
a lot of head football coaches that have gone on. How many head football coaches has USC placed recently as far as in major colleges? I don't think any, but I don't know. So, you know, if Graham Harrell moves on, you expect that to happen. I had a lot of coaches move on because they were damn good coaches. And it was the worst moment of the day when they'd come in and say, Coach, I don't know how to tell you this. I knew what it was all about, okay? Yeah. And and I knew what it was all about. I couldn't afford to keep him any longer. They got a great job. And how can I stand in the way of their career? Well, you know, USC should be surrounded with those type of coaches. On the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, in the personnel department, in the weight room, everywhere. But it doesn't seem to be that way. And last year... Coach Helton was given a new contract till 2023 on a five and seven season. Who was coming after him? What was the big panic to keep him or that staff or whatever happened there? You see, it all doesn't make sense. And it doesn't, it shows me a lack of experience by many people who were there as ADs before Mike Bone. And as I just mentioned now, I'm starting to question what he was thinking about. And really, Mike, come on. Did you really believe that stuff you were telling, trying to get us to believe? Come on. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for that uh, email. Let's go. Uh, Frank in Sacramento, he says, you don't know what you don't know. It's been interesting to listen to all the Clay Helton supporters say how things will be different once he replaces the defensive coordinator and the special teams coordinator. Uh, the The difference once, I'm sorry, the bigger issue is all of the many dozens of things he won't do because he doesn't know that they need to be done. This is what separates the great coaches from the rest. USC will never be great with a coach still finding his way. Frank and, excuse me, Frank and Sacramento. Frank, uh, I believe you've been around football for a while, but you observe football like I do from the dress of the uniform practice, the way you dress for practice, the way you practice, the way you take the field, the way you warm up, the way you ride the bus, the way you get off the plane, the impression you give people when the team look and when people look at you, all of the above. And uh, after the game, you've heard me talk about the way the players shake hands and run off the field as a team, as they should be, and all the little things that I think that's called discipline. And uh, me, I just see everybody doing almost what they want to do, but no one really in charge or understanding what the rules and regulations are. And uh, there's no what you might call unity as far as what the rules and regulations are. They sort of make them up as you go or there aren't any at all. So I think you've been around football for a while. You observe those type of things. Ryan, you've heard me talk about those type of things before. And, uh, you know, uh, those things just all catch up to you. And uh, that's cotton up to coach. And, and uh, you know, just like before, uh, when I've always said uh, the names of the coaches that surround him, family and friends, people that really haven't been head coaches or great recruiters or people that have uh, done a great job where they come in, they seem to be a threat to as far as name recognition. And uh, to me, that's not the way it's supposed to be. I want coaches around me that are better than I am in the area they're coaching. That's why they're there, so they can assist all the rest of us. You're only as strong as your weakest link in your chain. You've heard that a hundred times. Yeah. So I think that's the way it should be. Uh, let's go to another voicemail, Coach. Here you go. Right. 
this is Lee from the Bay Area. Uh, just uh, asking a question uh, for your next podcast. Uh, I just had a, a, a thought. Um, it seems that USC they're not they're not caring about the uh, football program at this time. And I've heard a lot of situations, even on your last tunnel vision, that the investors or the people buying tickets are going to de-invest, uh, uninvest. Now, does the Rams, Rennie, the Coliseum from USC make up that margin? Because if it does, then it doesn't really matter what product they put on the field because the Rams going to cover that cost plus some. All right, thank you. No, that's just a temporary thing, the Rams playing in the Coliseum. And, no, it doesn't make it all up. If you look at the field, it's probably the worst college football field or NFL field in the country, the way it's maintained and beat up and so on. Normally there's that 72-hour rule in the NFL that you can't have any type of activities on the field before they play. So uh, it's not going to make any difference. And if it has kept it together, it had made up the complete difference in the athlete department. Who knows where that money goes anyway? So does it go to the general fund or whatever? I don't know how many people understand how the USC athlete department operates, but quickly, they don't get any tuition waivers. They don't get anything. They're completely on their own. Every generated dollar they have to earn, they pay for every single scholarship of every single student athlete, everything. They pay for every expense. They pay for everything in their budget. Nothing goes or nothing comes from the administration or the general fund. And anything that is not spent goes back to the general fund. So what do they try to do in the athletic department? It makes sense, doesn't it? Spend every penny so nothing has to go back to the general fund. So it's like a separate separate corporation. So it's up to the athletic department and the leadership of the athletic director to balance that budget. So if you lose revenues through television and the Pac-12 network and you lose revenue as far as from attendance and marketing, and just just think about this for a minute. If you're an advertiser, you have a lot of choices in Los Angeles. Maybe you want to advertise more in the new stadium where the Rams are playing or whatever. More eyes will see those ads. So they're facing a lot of different challenges uh, in the uh, preparation for this next season, uh, along with all the ticket holders that are saying they're not going to renew. So attendance was down this year, and now you're going into another year. And when you look at next year's schedule, you know, you got Utah on the road. I think you got Oregon on the road. Uh, Notre Dame will be here. I don't know exactly what the home schedule looks like, but people look at all of those things before they buy their season tickets. Yeah. Yeah, they do. It's uh, it's going to be a real issue. You got uh, you'll have UCLA at home, and you'll have Washington at home. But the you know two of the bigger ones were at home this year. Attendance was down. It'll be down again next year, probably by a lot more. Let's take a quick break. Come back, and we'll finish up. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Let's go to another voicemail. Curtis from Moreno Valley. This question is for the coach, Harvey Hyde. We play Alabama the first game of the season. If you were coaching, would you start preparing for that after the bowl game? And how would you attack them offensively and defensively, knowing Tua is, is just had hip surgery and nose surgery? He's worried about the NFL. It's probably going to be that kid from Notre Dame, uh, true freshman, excuse me, Martyr Day, uh, that was committed to us. That's who we're probably going to face. How would you handle him, Curtis from Moreno Valley? Well, uh, if he is a starting quarterback, yes, I'd start preparing for Alabama because I know Nick Saban, he wasn't very happy after his loss last week. And, no. Uh, and I'm telling you, I'll bet you those coaches never left a meeting that night after the game. You think I'm kidding you? When they went back to the office, they met all night, and he told people exactly how he felt about 13 penalties and this and that and so on. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he makes a lot of coaching changes on his own. And they won 11 games, okay? So, yeah, you better be serious about preparing for him because if you get embarrassed again going down to Arlington after all what now the football program has gone through, it's going to start immediately after that game, okay? Immediately the same thing that everybody went through this year, the same recruiting talk and all of the above. And Bryce Young is an outstanding football player. Will he start? I don't know. Jones did a pretty good job for Alabama. He'll go down there and compete. He'll be one of many, and that's one thing that Alabama has. And they uh, play their best player. They don't worry about if he's returning or not. He plays the best players. That's why he has so many freshmen play. That's why players go there. And a lot of players transfer from there. And in some cases, he's happy they transfer because they can't play at the level of what he expects at Alabama. And it opens the door for another player to come with another scholarship. But Bryce Young, how would I play Bryce Young? Probably the same way that uh, St. John Bosco played him. He played a great game. I think you've got to contain, you come up the field, but you don't rush from the outside because you allow him to uh, flush the puck and to run outside, and that's where it becomes very dangerous. So I'd come across the line of scrimmage and more or less settle myself to make sure if he's coming my way, I get my hands up and I'm in a football position to keep him to the inside. I bring my inside people to contain him up the middle or any type of runs that are there. And I'd hope that we and we didn't give up the big play. I think that's the number one thing you can't do. You got to take away the best thing he does, and what he does, he's a great athlete. Uh, look at Lamar Jackson in the NFL. Look what those guys do, Deshaun Watson, and these great athletes. It makes it very difficult to defense them. You've always heard me say, and I've been saying this for ten years as far as with USC football. If you're going to run the one remaining back, then you got to have an athletic quarterback. But he's your second back. And now, finally, the NFL has figured this out. USC has not figured that out. So if that's true, then you've got to move the pocket and maybe go to two backs, running backs, for USC, where their quarterback gets more protection and play action pass. You don't throw the ball every single down. You have a draw series, a screen series. You have another back in the backfield to block. You have a lot of different things, but I don't know. 
Uh, maybe I don't know anything regarding uh, football, but I know you've got to have a short yardage offense. You've got to have a four-minute offense. You've got to have all the different things uh, that you need to win football games. If you watched Alabama on Saturday, Steve Sarkeesian threw a first, in, first down on the one-yard line, threw an out route. It was picked off by Auburn. He went all the way for a touchdown. Now, that's a 14-point turnaround. Why would you do that? When you can run the football, I'm sure that Sarkeesian heard about that on the plane going home, okay? 14 points. They'd have won the game just on that one play. So there's so many different things you have to have, and I don't see that on the offensive side of the football. I think Graham Harrell does great at what he does and so on, but there's a lot of parts of that offense that are missing, and I think that's what I would say as far as Bryce Young. He's a very difficult athlete to to. To, uh, to control, just like Lamar Jackson or all the other great football teams in the country, what type of quarterbacks they have. Tua, go around Lawrence. Every one of these guys run the football. Hurts, they all run the football. They're the second running back. So you've got to be able to have that when you want to run a one remaining back offense. Uh, we got a couple more. We'll let you go, Coach. Uh, Jacob says, Hey guys, Jacob from Bend, Oregon. Do you guys remember the fifty to nothing game against UCLA in two thousand and eleven? Who was our defensive coordinator at the time? Ah, that's right. It was Coach O. Has the defense ever had a shutout under Clancy? I believe that is a big negative. So, who do you think would be a slam dunk defensive coordinator hire in the event? You know, so Clay Helton being retained under the circumstances uh, of being told he must part ways with Clancy Pendergast and Johnny Nansen. I apologize if it's too lengthy. Just frustrated fan, uh, Jacob. Not too lengthy, Jacob. But um, yeah, do you? Well, I guess maybe. Do you think that Clay Hilton is going to uh, replace Clancy Pendergast as defensive coordinator? Well, if you remember, about three shows ago, I went through and I broke down, Ryan. I hope you remember. I broke down exactly what needed to happen if they decided to keep Clay Hilton. I don't know if people can go to your library and listen to that show. I went through the entire thing from the recruiting to the offense, defensive side of the football, the whole reevaluation of everything. And it's the same thing as if a new head coach came in. He would have the authority to do that and get the right people to make it happen. Now, is that going to happen? Does he have the leeway to do that? Does he have to get the approval of everybody to do this? Do they have the money in the budget to recruit the top? Defensive coordinators in the country, at some universities, they'll pay in a million dollars or more for the top coordinators in the country, and it costs less to live wherever they are than it does Southern California. How serious are you, USC, in having a football program? So those are the things you have to look at. Uh, your budget as far as hiring the right coaches, you're not going to go out and get big-time coaches when, first of all, unless you give them a two- or three-year contract, because why would they move to L.A.? when it's year to year with your head coach. Why would I move my family there and maybe I'm not there next year? So to you know to get started with uh, who you're gonna hire as a defensive coordinator, he's gonna want at least a three-year contract. Maybe all great coaches do as far as at any major university. And you're gonna start at a million a year. So think about it. Do they have that desire to do that or will the math department get upset because the coaches are making more than they are? Yeah. Uh, we got one last one. Jim B he says, Hey guys, great show. Keep up the good work on the last show with coach Harvey Hyde. He said, we need to hire a, rec a, a recruiting co-coordinator. 
who knew every high school coach in the country and who really was an expert in recruiting. He mentioned uh, Tommy Luganville from ESPN. How about Gerard Martinez? Fight on from Jim B. There's no question in my mind that Gerard Martinez would be a great recruiting coordinator. He knows what's going on. He can evaluate players pretty good. He'd have to learn uh, the routine of the NCAA, but I'm certainly sure he knows as much or more than a lot of the people that are there. I'm not going to mention names, but by me watching the way they celebrate a signee or verbal commit or the way they act as far as in social media, I start to think about what is going on. I don't know how many people out there watch social media as far as what's coming out of the athletic department. Ryan, you do. And and I want you to know, (laughs) I would stop that so fast that I (laughs) – I would probably take all the cameras and everything, cell phones, and say, if I ever saw that once again and it came for one of my coaches, you are gone. Finished. Over with. Yeah. Um, it's uh, There's a uh, there's a level of, I, I guess it's a t- you say tone deaf um, sometimes right now uh, when people are tweeting things out. And it's unfortunate. I, I mean, but when you make a, a decision that's this unpopular – and this decision was very unpopular with USC fans. They were made it very clear. We ran our poll on Twitter. Uh, I think it was 82% of fans didn't want Clay Helton back, but that the majority of the ones that wanted him back were opponents. So I ran a poll on uscfootball.com, and it was like 96% uh, did not want Clay Helton to return. It was very clear. We put that information out there. Uh, Mike Bone, Carol Fultz knew that there was going to be backlash. They knew it. But they had to make. They made a decision, knowing there was going to be this backlash. But you would see Carol Fult tweet something about uh, academics or a holiday party, and every single response was, "Fire Clay! You're terrible at your job. Why did you retain Clay?" Blah blah blah. Same thing with Mike Bone. There's a new thing. Well, it's not that new. I mean, the last couple of years, it's called ratioed on Twitter. So usually it'll show you any the number of replies to your tweet, the number of retweets to your tweet. And the number of likes, typically your your tweet will get a, a bunch of likes, depending on how many followers you have, maybe some retweets, and then some responses. But the likes are usually a lot higher. When you get ratioed, is there's a whole bunch of responses and way more responses than likes. So, you know, Mike Bones, you know, comment might get 2,000 responses and like 1,000 likes. And so you're getting, they call it getting ratioed. And I don't know what you can do. Every time anyone associated with USC Athletics coach tweet something out, this is what you get. It's the fan outrage. No, I, I agree. Uh, but, you know, it's coming out from the players. It's coming out from uh, the athlete department, a lot of these things. And I'm not sure if Coach Clay Helton even knows about it. I feel sorry for him if he doesn't. And uh, I don't know who's in control of all the social media there. But I think there's certain things that are classless and not the standard of what USC is all about. And I think everything that goes out of that office or the players or anything else, they've got to represent the university as a first-class athletic program and university as itself. And, you know, uh, uh, Ryan, uh, you know you know what I'm talking about, but, you know, I don't want to get into that now. People that do follow social media, you'll probably know what I'm talking about, a lot of different things. And uh, I think that's all I want to say on that topic. All right. Let's wrap it up. That's the coach, Harvey Hyde. Thanks for uh, sharing some time on a Thursday. We wanted to wait till after the announcement, if we possibly could, to get a new podcast out there. So get the fan reaction. And it was um, 
It was pretty clear. I, I don't think there's any ambiguity when it comes to what the fans think about this, Coach. No, there isn't. And every opportunity that people can uh, give their opinion, I think they should. Yeah. Everybody else, we have a chance to do it. The newspaper has a chance to do it. And uh, I just wish that Mike Bone and the president would have a chance to listen to these shows, too, to actually know. And I don't know. And if you are listening, uh, please try to follow some of the things these people want and wish. But currently, right now, it's a little bit too late as far as in the one area we're discussing. No. All right. Well, that's the Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. Coach, thanks again for coming on. Well, thank you very much. And again, for everyone out there, happy holidays to you and your family. Drive carefully and always buckle up. All right. That's Coach Harvey Hyde. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Parastyle Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Parastyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.